Thank you for downloading this weekend sermon from Bangalore Revival Center. Our desire is to see you grow in your love and pursuit of God, causing you to become a channel of His love and grace to the people around you. Now let's listen to the Word of God. Sorry that the last week's sermon is lost in transition. We didn't have power, so you know we you will not have the YouTube version or the or the podcast of last week's sermon. But let me just rewind what we learned last week. What did we learn last week? How many of you were here and you remember what we learned last week? Jesus reached out and touched the the woman. The who who, who did Jesus touch? The leper. And leprosy was a sign or a symbol of sin. And the Bible says, even before that man was healed, Jesus reached out and touched him. And then he said, be healed, be cleansed, be made whole. And we were praying, we were declaring that that God would give each and every one of us the grace to pray for people that are not whole, that are not clean, that are not, uh, you know, complete that God, that God will give us the grace to, uh, to love people through grace, to love people through the grace that is released over our lives. Amen. And uh, so often we, we know how to distinguish people. And we say, these are pure people, these are impure people. These are nice, good Pentecostals. These are, you know, these mainliners, the, these ones that we cannot hang out with. But Jesus said, no. There is a, you cannot call what God has called clean, you cannot call him unclean or impure, amen? And God is causing us to, you know, take a step of faith and reach out to people that are not necessarily, uh, you know, looking like us, not feeling like us and just go reach out and touch them and, and pray for them, extend our love to them, extend our invitation for them to come into our homes, dine with us and fellowship with us so that God can encounter them through His love that is manifesting through our lives. Amen? So that's the essence of what we learned last week. This week we're going to go a little further and we, again we're going to start with a particular story uh, and we are, we are all familiar with this story. Give me the verse Matthew chapter 26 and verse 31. For all the newcomers that are in this house, we have a rule in our church. When there is a verse on the screen, we all read it together. So are you ready? One, two, three, go. On the way, tonight all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, we all know the story, right? We all know how this happened. We all know when this happened. We all know how this came to pass. Jesus was giving a prophetic word over the disciples of Jesus. How many disciples did Jesus have? Twelve. And what did Jesus prophesy to them? Tonight, all of you will be scattered. Now, why was Jesus telling them that? So that they will scatter away? So that they will pack their bags and lunches and See, now that Jesus is not with us, we have to care for our own food and take care of our own selves. Is that why Jesus was telling them what is about to happen? Give me, give me your opinion. It's okay to be wrong. All that I have is also an opinion. 
So if you have an opinion that is contrary to mine, it's all right. Just give me your opinion. Come on. Why do you think Jesus told them what is about to happen that night? He was making them aware. Why? Why did they have to be aware? To be prepared how? Sorry? so that he, they, they, he could be prepared to know what was about to happen to him okay yes but here in this scripture he's telling them what will happen to the disciples he's telling them that all of you will scatter away now why would Jesus tell them a bad news now come on the disciples being scattered away sorry it was part of God's plan and he wanted to he wanted to convey them. So, so why did Jesus want to convey that to them? He wanted them to know that they are not perfect. Sorry, I hear something from Bihano. He wanted to know the reaction. He knew ahead of time how they will react. Okay. They were secure till now and they were about to, they were about to be kicked out of their comfort zone, all of that. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Now let me give you one more example to make it a little more clear. Okay, when Jonah went to Nineveh and said, In 40 days, fire is going to come and destroy the whole place. Now tell me, why did God tell them that? So that they can, so just so that they know, right? Okay, in 40 days, so let's pack our bags, do our stuff. Come on, so they can. And what? And ultimately what? Hmm? Fits their lives and, and, and what will happen to the prophecy that God gave them? It will, it will not come to pass actually. You understand what I'm saying? See, when, when God gives us a, a direction and says there is a danger like this, it is not so that we can, we can pack our bags and say, okay, fine. You know, my, my walk with God is over. This is the end. This is the last day. I don't think I can, I can serve God anymore. Jesus himself prophesied, right? That I'm going to go away. Jesus himself prophesied that this is the last day that I'm going to be scattered. It means that there is no more hope for me, right? And, and is, that, is that why Jesus told them that? No, Jesus told them so that they can do something about it. So they can prepare themselves. Do you know? That this prophecy actually did not come to pass for all 12 of them John was still with Jesus till the foot of the cross till the last moment of Jesus's breath John was still there come on so can can it be that when God's God's warning us about something or God is releasing a prophetic word about something it is not so that it can come to pass it is so that you can fight your way through it so you can understand how do I respond to this you can depend on God you can ask God for a revelation otherwise otherwise that prophecy is of no use you know see several times we think okay God wants to bless me he will bless me you know it doesn't matter you know pastor has declared that you are healed you I am healed you know I don't have to do anything about it no but faith without works is dead so you need to go out and exercise your faith 
you cannot say it will just automatically happen you cannot say okay the prophecy has come and it will automatically happen you cannot say okay the warning has come so there is no way out i have to be scattered no it is possible that god is showing us a glimpse of our tomorrow so that we can change the way that we are living our today come on we take every prophetic word that god gives us for granted we just say oh another time that god is saying the same thing another time god is speaking the same thing joshua said something very profound last night he said you know sometimes when the pastor comes and tells you god has a plan for you he has a purpose for you we are like come on do you have any new prophecies to give me do you have anything anything better to tell me because i i'm used to this every month pastor prophesies the same thing to me we get so used to it right we get so used to these prophecies that come our way but can it be that god is speaking to us so that we can change the way we are living in our today so that we can change the way we are you know we are spending our finances today we are doing our relationships today and that is what jesus was telling these guys and what did he tell them he told them hey watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation what was the temptation the temptation was to run away to be scattered away but if they would have been watchful and if they would have been alert and if they would have prayed they would not have fallen into the temptation of being scattered away does it make sense okay now let's talk about one particular fellow yeah and jesus told them and but after i have been raised from the dead i will go ahead of you to galilee and i will meet you there the next verse it says but peter had to reply right but what did peter reply even if come on church everybody read it together 1 2 3 go even if everyone else deserts you i will never desert you what is peter trying to tell jesus jesus you know what i am not like john i am not like bartolomeo you know current's uh, favorite disciple in the bible is bartolomeo we'll find him making a lot of bartolomeo jokes i am not like matthew i am not like judas i'm not like those people that will run away i am better than them what was he trying to say he was trying to say you have no idea jesus how much i really you know i'm in this i really really love you peter had to open his mouth and you know ask jesus for the exact way in which he would deny him right see i'm sure the 11 the other 11 also did the same but jesus didn't tell them see it what did the prophecy what was the prophecy that all of you will be scattered so technically all 11 of them in one way or the other denied and ran come on yeah but for peter because peter said no 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 but look at me i am not like the others i am better than all of them when because peter had that self confidence jesus said okay because you are so insistent let me actually tell you what exactly you will do yeah the next verse it says it says i tell you the truth peter this very night before the rooster crows you will deny how many times three times when the others would have probably denied one time or just they would have just faked who they are and all those things and they've 
escape. Here is Peter. He is going to be denying Jesus three times. And that too not in front of some very powerful people who can kill him. In front of a teenage girl who is bringing water to one place to the other. Peter lost his courage and the Bible actually says he began swearing. It didn't want to mention the swear words, but it mentions that Peter actually began swearing just to prove that I don't belong to Jesus. You know, sometimes we, we do that, eh? Uh, we, we, we try to act like we belong to Jesus or we try to act like we don't belong to Jesus. And here is a man who is saying, I will never desert you, Jesus. His self-confidence is so much. He's saying, I am better than the others. I am better than these other church-going people. I'm better than these other, uh, you know, tithing people and all those things. And, and then finally, when the final day arrives, he is the same as the rest of them. What was Peter's response to this? Peter insisted, no. Come on, read it for me. Even if, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you and all the other disciples are the same now check this out okay it's not just peter so all the other i'm i'm I'm, we are not trying to crucify peter alone sometimes we 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 say that it's only peter who did this but all the other 11 also said the same thing i'm sure it's only 10 now because judas has already gone to bring the uh, the soldiers but all of them are what are they saying even if i have to die for jesus man i'm never going to deny jesus Come on, tell me this. How many times have we said similar vows or similar promises about our relationship with Jesus? I am never going to turn away. I'm never going to do that again. I, this, this is it. You have no idea about me. I am, I am, you know, everybody else may start, you know, worshiping idols, but I will never worship idols. I've, I've, heard, I've heard several people say this, especially... You know, when, when they are, uh, you know, getting into relationships, when they're getting into marriage, when they're getting into things and, and they, they, they come and say, hey, you know what? I will never, ever do this. And I have said, I have said, hey, don't ever say never. Why don't you ask God to give you the grace? Because we, the more we put our confidence in ourselves, we will fail. I've heard people say, I will never pay a bribe. I've heard people say, I will never, you know, associate with somebody like this. I will never allow such kind of people into my house. And I will never, you know, do that, do this and, and, and end up doing the exact same things that they said, I will never do. What happened? Not that their promises were wrong, but that sometimes we put our confidence too much in ourselves. See, at that time, when Jesus was telling them to watch and pray, what did they do? They slept. Why? Because they, Peter was overconfident. What was he confident about? He's like, I have a sword. I have, you know, 11 people in my team. I can take anybody down. Yeah. I have fought my share of battles before Jesus came into my life. I can resurrect that man anytime I want and I can win. And in fact, Peter tried doing that. Yeah. And that turned out difficult for him. He, his confidence in himself turned out bitter for him. We all know how this story ended. It says, when Jesus 
was being tried Peter denied him now now see if Peter okay who is Jesus best friend who has seen Jesus walk on water raise the dead who has himself walked on water has raised the dead healed the sick and all of that if Peter can deny Jesus come on can you and I fail to let me talk about this man called Solomon in the Old Testament okay the Bible calls him the wisest person on the earth you know the story yeah, the wisest man on earth but he had this hobby that I may say his hobby was to marry daughters of royal origin he wanted to marry princesses of other nations now other than Israel no other nation followed God right followed the God of the Bible followed Yahweh so all the other princes he married about 700 ladies of royal origin one man married 700 that was his hobby he will go to all these nations and say oh you want to make a treaty give me your daughter I will marry and the Bible says that Solomon was a man who had high level of principles and he had committed to walk before God God had personally appeared to him in the Old Testament you remember this God appeared to him in a dream and gave him a promise and all those things the Bible says that towards the end of his life this man Solomon he was now worshiping the gods of the wives that he married come on who are we talking about who was Solomon the wisest man on earth. now tell me if the wisest man on earth can fail if the closest friend of Jesus can fail then then are we all prone to failing come on talk to me I'm, I'm going to redefine your understanding about failure towards the end of this sermon that what we understand about failure we're going to redefine that okay because it is possible that we can put our trust in ourselves we can put our confidence in our own ability to do the right thing to 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 withstand the temptation to withstand the urge to do the wrong thing and all of that and ultimately when the time comes we may fall prey to the temptation and that is why in this particular talk this morning in this particular topic that we are learning today I want us to learn this principle of laying down our ourselves our our own boast our boast in ourselves Apostle Paul said it like this in the book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14 as for me may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ because of that cross my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died what is he saying I am see if there is one person who can boast it is Apostle Paul he has been to the third heavens and come back he has he has tremendous amount of revelations he is an apostle to the Gentile world yeah which is practically the rest of the world other than Israel Israel is such a kutti country but the rest of the world this man is an apostolic voice of the rest of the world rest of the known world of his day if there is one man who can boast about how anointed he is 
how talented he is how how pure and holy he can be and that is apostle paul but he said there is one thing that i'm going to boast about and this is the only thing that i'm going to boast about i'm going to boast about the cross of our lord jesus christ why because of that cross everybody say because of that cross my interest in this world has been crucified see why do you think peter was saying i will never deny you peter could have been vulnerable but why do you think peter was saying i will never deny you because 11 others were listening to him he had to prove that he is the leader of all of them he had to impress these guys and he had this desire that i i'm better than all of them i can outbeat all of these guys any day and paul says hey because of what jesus has done for me my desire to impress the world has died now i can be real with you i can i can tell you when i feel like failing i can tell you when i feel like giving up in fact if you read through apostle paul's letters several times paul says i was at the verge of giving up in i think it was second thessalonians 1 no second corinthians 1 it says i was at the verge of giving up can you imagine paul is saying i wanted to give up he was being vulnerable why because his interest in the world had died and the world's interest in him has died he was not looking for people to respect him he was not looking for people to celebrate him and say wow what an anointed man of god he was willing to be vulnerable and real with them and let me tell you this morning okay i struggle in my walk with god i don't i don't pray every day there are days when i skip my prayer there are days when i i'm not able to read bible there are days i think most days when i fight with my wife there are days when i'm you know rude with my children there are days when i'm not 100% faithful with my tithing there are days when i'm not you know uh faithful with my you know relationships all of that there are days when i have my failures i'm not standing up here and telling you that i have i have it all I'm the perfect guy you need to learn from me no I'm not saying that because the day that I say that I am I am better than you I'm setting myself up for failure just like Peter set himself up for failure none of us can boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ that for me my brothers and sisters is grace see when we when we put our faith and our trust in our own selves right when we say that i can make it through life i can live for jesus i can be a good christian all of that what we are saying is i can do it the same intelligence that i used to do my graduation the same intelligence that i used to to reach to this level in my office i can use the same intelligence the same knowledge the same understanding the same logic to to obey to read and memorize and obey the bible that is where we go wrong because we don't live by the by the flesh we live by the spirit it's only when we decide to live by the spirit that we will receive grace if you if you're living by the flesh you have to live by yourself you have to try day and night to be holy you have to stand upside down to you know to try and be perfect and try and i have tried and tested this you will fail 
You know, I was an MBBS. I say this very often. I was an MBBS guy, you know, master in the business of backsliding. You know, not the MBBS that you know, there's a different kind of MBBS that some, some of us are familiar with this term, eh? Master in the business of backsliding. I'll backslide from Monday to Thursday. And then, then there will be a revival on Friday. Or sometimes, you know, in our church where I grew up, you know, there was this very holy, reverential movement right before the communion was served. There was this fear of God all over the house and, and the declaration was anybody who is impure and unholy and done something hanky-panky, you're going to be struck dead as soon as you eat this. So if you've done anything hanky-panky, don't take of this. You know, that's what they used to tell us. And, and you know, that movement used to be my movement of revival. You know, I'm like, oh no, Lord. And, 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 and let me tell you this, when we, when we try to live by our own flesh, our, when we want to live because we are confident in our own ability, we will fail for sure, we will fail. But if we come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't know how to pray. Can you teach me how to pray? I don't know how to live righteous. Can you teach me how to live righteous? You know, my way of doing things is too difficult. I want to lay it down. And it's a, it's a sacrificial thing. You know, you have to kill yourself to actually do this. Because every time that you, you want to do something, your mind will tell you to do it this way. And God's way of doing it will be something much more simpler and much more easier. But, but you'll be like, no, that doesn't make sense. Because it has to be complicated, right? If it is, if it is Spirit-filled or Holy Spirit-filled, it has to be more crazy right we'll we'll read about that today give me the next verse come on read it with me galatians chapter 5 and verse 24 those who belong to christ jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there now the problem with so many of us is that we think this is only talking about the the wicked and the wrong desires but guess what this is also talking about the good desires see Peter was his desire bad when he said I don't want to leave Jesus that was not a bad desire but even that good desire he had to nail it to the cross even the good dreams we have to be willing to nail it to the cross and the Bible says those who belong to Christ Jesus we have to nail the passions and the desires the dreams and the ambitions that we have we have to be willing to because you should understand that all of our ambitions and dreams even the good ones are born out of our sinful nature and that is why we have to be willing to nail it to the cross see Paul, for example, had a lot of knowledge, lot of understanding. And the Bible says, he said, I'm going to count it all garbage. Now, what is he talking about? He's actually talking about his knowledge of the Old Testament. That knowledge of the Old Testament is very useful to write the New Testament that he actually wrote. Come on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Did God use his understanding of the Old Testament to write the New Testament? Yes. But he said, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to count all my knowledge and wisdom and understanding as garbage. Come on. Even though he was supposed to be writing majority of the New Testament, this was supposed to be his field of expertise. He's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, count my, my, 
BTH, MTH, MDiv, all the PhD in this degree, that degree, all of that, I'm going to count it all as garbage. Why? Because I want to know Jesus. I want Him to give me His ability to do even these things, to do even these small, small things. I'm going to, I'm going to nail it to the cross. Amen. And how do we do this? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, it says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What was the attitude that Jesus had? The next verse, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Now, now let me explain this to you, okay? Which means Jesus was perfect. He had it all, right? He was righteous, holy, blameless, glorious, full. Everything was perfect, right? But he said, hey, I know that I am perfect, but I'm not going to, you know, like hold on to my perfection. I'm going to disengage with my perfection. The next verse, it says, it says, instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being, which means he left imperfection and came into imperfection. Now, I'm not saying he became, he started sinning or anything, but he became sin. He was imperfect. He he was in a perfect state, but he became imperfect. He was not even like Adam was. You know, Adam did not need clothes. Come on, talk to me. But do you know Jesus needed clothes? He was not even as glorious as Adam was. He became imperfect. He, he disconnected with his strengths. He disconnected with his perfection. He disconnected with his divinity. Though he was God, he did not claim equality with God, but he disengaged. And, he, and the Bible says he became a human being. He came, he came in the humble position of a slave, the Bible says. Of a slave. And, and was born as a, as a human being. The next word it says, and when he appeared in human being, in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Now that's what Paul is saying. Let this attitude be in you also. What is the attitude? Saying, when we come to Jesus, when you when we when we are in church, we know who we are. Yes, we know who we are. But but we have to learn to disengage with our position we have to learn to disengage with our anointing disengage with our you know purity all of that and 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 come to god like a poor person having poverty of spirit and saying lord but i need you more today if you don't show up today i don't think i can live pure anymore my experience from yesterday cannot let me live pure today my my ability to resist temptation and not worship the wrong things and not give up, give in to the wrong temptations yesterday cannot help me today. I need God's grace afresh today. I need to depend on God more today. I'm going to have the same attitude that Jesus had. And how did Jesus do this? It says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9, I want you to read this up and close, okay? What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position, a little lower than the angels, and because he suffered death for us, he is now 
crowned with glory on and honor next line okay yes by 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 god's grace jesus tasted death for everyone in other words what we read about in philippians 2 how he was perfect but he 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 clothed himself with imperfection depending on god the bible says he did it by god's if jesus needed god's grace to die to himself how much more do you and i need god's grace so that we can die to ourselves we can be in that place where we say god i don't know it all i don't know i don't want to be proud and arrogant i just want to be humble in your presence and because your word says god raises the proud but gives grace to the humble when we position ourselves like we heard a couple of weeks back on you know how zacchaeus positioned himself in that place where he could receive grace where he could receive the attention from jesus if we can position ourselves in that humble place ready to receive god's grace come on jesus had to position himself in a place where he could receive grace where he had to weep bitterly before his father and say god if you don't show up i don't think i can make it to the cross i i don't even have a desire to die now but if it's your will give me the grace and the strength and the bible says angels came and strengthened jesus let me tell you the same angels are walking here this morning and they're going to release strength to people that are that are saying i'm broken i can't make it i can't live pure anymore i i i've i've tried so hard to stop lying i've tried so hard to be faithful in my finances i've tried so hard to be to be loyal to my spouse and to be to be faithful in my in my workplace i've tried so hard but this morning i'm going to stop trying and i'm going to i'm going to depend on grace the way jesus depended on god's grace and the same angels that came to strengthen jesus will come to strengthen me in this moment of my weakness when i can't make it when i don't know how to do it the same angels that came to help this pure holy absolutely priceless worthless you know that this jesus you can't put a price tag to this jesus right and the bible says jesus was dependent on this grace and 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 angels had to come to help this jesus and so you and i are going to receive the same help from the same angel same man and that's worse come on give me the next verse okay yeah that's the verse yeah second corinthians chapter 1 and verse 12 read it with me we can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with a god given holiness and sincerity in all our dealings how 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 can we say this he is paul is saying this is what we can say that we have lived in purity and holiness but how it says we have depended on on god's grace not on our own human wisdom that is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially before all of you what he is saying is yes we lived with holiness and integrity and purity and all of that but how how did we do this by depending on god's grace by dying to ourselves on a on a daily regular basis by dying to our ways to let his ways manifest to dying to our dreams so that his dreams can manifest by praying this prayer every day not my will but yours be done by continually depending on god's grace 
not by relying on our human wisdom what was the sin of adam and eve what was the sin of adam and eve rebellion disobedience you know their biggest sin was that they wanted to depend on a tree to know what is good and evil than when they had jesus to tell them what is good and evil come on who created that tree god did who gave you your job who gave you your marriage who gave you your education see who 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 put science who put all those chemicals minerals all of those in place in this in this world god right now it, so are you saying pastor that when we study science or when we depend on medicines or when we depend on my job that I, I, i'm i'm doing a sin is that what i'm trying to say yes that's exactly what i'm trying to say i'm trying to say that you can god when god says let me use this to bless you let it be a blessing but the day that your dependence becomes the tree instead of jesus the day your dependence becomes your job instead of jesus the day your dependence becomes that medicine instead of jesus the day your 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 you begin to receive love from your family from your loved ones instead of jesus that is the day you're going to the creation instead of the creator you get what i'm saying yeah that's what paul is saying we have depended on god's grace although we have this human wisdom who gave us this human wisdom god gave who made who is the author of all wisdom god is but still see who made the tree in the garden of eden god did but still god wanted adam and eve to still depend on him and not on the tree come on i hope you get this point this morning i'm trying to explain this to you i'm saying that our ultimate dependence for our life has to be on god's grace that we have to live so sacrificially in saying god if you don't show up today i know that i can't make it till the end of the day i'm so so dependent on you give me the next verse it says for we who worship philippians chapter 3 and verse 3 for we who worship by the spirit of god are the ones who are truly circumcised we rely on what christ jesus has done for us and we put no confidence in human effort come on read it once again with me for we who worship by the spirit of god are the ones who are truly circumcised we rely on what christ jesus has done for us we put no confidence in human effort now now paul is writing this to a church where you know they were being forced to get circumcised to to receive god's acceptance and god and and paul is saying let me tell you what is true circumcision this is true circumcision that you don't put your confidence in your human effort but is paul saying don't do any work is paul saying okay don't go to office anymore don't take any medicines anymore don't go to church anymore is that what paul is trying to say come on no but paul is trying to say the day you put your confidence in these things they will become your idol the day your trust becomes in these things and that is where you need to be circumcised once you are circumcised you cannot you cannot 
you will still have all these blessings that God has given in your life but you will not depend on them you know like Jacob how what what the angel did to Jacob just dislocated his hip bone so after that Jacob could not stand straight anymore but did he still walk yes but he had to depend on a stick he had to at that point he had to depend on that angel that is the place of dependence that the Lord wants to bring us to in this season amen let me share this particular story from the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 10. The Bible says, but Elisha sent a messenger. How many of you know this story? It's talking about how there was a Syrian uh, general called Naaman who had leprosy. We studied a little bit about leprosy last week, right? And this guy had a female servant who said, there is a prophet in Israel and and if you go to that prophet, that prophet can speak a word over you and heal you, right? The Bible says, but Elisha sent a messenger out to him with a message. When the general came, Elijah, Elisha said, wait, you know, I, am, I have more important things to do than talk to this general. See, if, if the general comes to our home, we will go crazy, right? But I'm, I'm sure he, he was up to something very important because of which he, he said, Okay, he just sent his assistant pastor to him and said, Go and tell this guy, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Now check this out. What is Elisha saying? Go and wash yourself in Jordan River. How many times? Seven times, the next verse. But Naaman became angry. And he stalked away. He said, now, now again, listen to these words, okay? I thought, everybody say, I thought. Which means he had this confidence in his assumptions over how the man of God is going to minister to him. He said, I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. His first assumption, expectation got broken. What is the second expectation? I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and heal me. Now, he, now Elisha had already given his instructions, but because that was not in line with Naaman's expectations, he was not willing to obey. Now, this is our problem, church. Our problem is that we are so full of our expectations. We are so full of our assumptions. We are so full of how to do life, what to do in our life, how to manage our finances. We, we have our expectations all in place. We have our assumptions all in place that when God says, no, 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 that's not what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. We get offended. To the extent, next verse, it says, it says that he, he, this is what he says, on the rivers of Damascus, the Abana and the Parfer better than any of the rivers of Israel. Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. Check this out, okay? It says that he said, my way is better than what the prophet is saying. See, my way is better than God's way. He should have done it my way. He should have sent me to better rivers. 
Have you seen the rivers of Damascus? We just crossed the river of Jordan on the way here. You saw all these people, how they, you know, they are putting all their stuff into this river. That's not a clean river anymore. But our river in Damascus, we have well kept it. This man was so stubborn, he didn't, he, he was willing to remain sick for the rest of his life rather than to humble himself and receive healing. This is our problem sometimes. We are so full of ourselves. We think, I don't have pride, but you know, this is how we know we are so full of ourselves, that we are not willing to humble ourselves. We are not willing to say, Lord, have your way. If this is what you want to do in my life, have your way. This is not how I thought it would happen, Lord. This is not how I assumed the pastor will say. You know, see, he said, I, he, I wish he would have sent me to the reverse in Damascus. How many of you know the healing was not in the river? The healing was in the instructions that was given. See, if there were so many leprous people in Israel that day, right? When they heard this story, they all tried doing the same. All of them made a nice picnic to the Jordan River. And guess how many of them got healed? None. Why? Because they did not have an instruction. The healing was not in the Jordan River, in the method, but it was in the instruction. It was in the obedience to the voice of the man of God that had spoken to him. And here he is saying, Lord, not your will, but my will. Not your way. I also want to be healed. I am willing to go into the water, but not the same water, not the same river, another river. I have a better river, Lord. I have a better worship leader. I have a better pastor that you can use to lay hands. God, when God is saying something and when we yield to what God is saying, I'm telling you, that will bring more fruit. That will bring fruit where what, what you would have to do a hundred times yourself. That's the power of obedience. But that requires for you to, you know, humble yourself. And the Bible says, the next verse, his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet would have said, stand on your head or, you know, give me all your money, sell your wealth, give up everything, wouldn't you have obeyed it? If the prophet would have told you something very difficult, wouldn't you have obeyed it? But the prophet told you to do something very simple. And this doesn't make sense to you because... You know why it doesn't make sense to him? Because he doesn't feel like he has done anything, right? If he has to travel all the way to Damascus, some clean, find the cleanest river, he feels like man. Then he will, he has something to give testimony, you know, next Sunday. That, you know, this is what I did. I, I fasted and prayed for 40 days. Then I climbed so many mountains and I prayed so hard and then... And then I stood upside down and then I, then I stopped drinking water and then I stopped watching TV and then I did all this. And then finally, God gave me the breakthrough that I was waiting for. But here God is saying something very simple. It doesn't make sense to Him because that is how grace functions. Grace is not dependent on your ability to do things. Grace is dependent on your willingness to lay down your ways. Lay down your ambitions, lay down your dreams, lay down your way of doing things. That is what grace is dependent on. And he says, if, if he would have told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? Yes. But here he is telling you to do something very simple. Why don't you try doing this? And you know the story. He finally turned around 
he obeyed their instruction and he got healed amen give me the next slide i want you to repeat this after me everybody say it with me grace requires us to sacrifice our plans dreams ways and lay ourselves down grace requires us to do that yeah sometimes we think that we will add grace to what we already are doing you know my me 50% god 50% that's not how grace works grace works god 100% you zero person when you become zero that is when god says don't worry i have covered it all do you know that peter jesus had already covered jesus already paid the the premium for insurance plan for making sure peter doesn't fall jesus knew peter will not sleep jesus knew peter will not pray and that he will sleep so what did jesus do jesus prayed for him the bible says give me the next verse it says Simon Simon Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat next verse it says but i somebody read it with me but i have pleaded in prayer for you Simon why so that your faith shall not fail so when you have repented and turned to me again strengthen your brothers instead see <laughs> See, I've, I've, I'm not the kind of pastor that Jesus is. If it was me, I would say, man, you deny Jesus. That's the highest level of treason. You have to take a break from ministry at least three years. You don't even, you know, stand up in church. <laughs> let me really see if you have repented. Let me, you know, let me put you through all the spiritual exercise possible to make sure if there is any more sin left in you. Yeah. But Jesus said, "Hey, I know you're going to fall. I know you're going to deny me. Now, you know denying Jesus is bigger than adultery. Do you know that? The Bible says if you deny him before people, he will deny us before the Father in heaven. That's that's worse than committing adultery because people who committed adultery still have hope in heaven, like King David. Yeah? But this guy has done something unthinkable. And Jesus says, "Don't worry. I I have still covered it." I have already prayed for you why I prayed so that your faith shall not fail so can it be that I can make a mistake but not fail can it be that I can deny Jesus and still not fail can it be that I would mess up my finances inside out outside in and still not be a failure can it be that i have messed up my marriage and my relationships but still not be a failure come on talk to me because jesus is saying yes i know you will deny me but you will not fail let me declare this over you this morning in spite of what you feel wherever you feel you are at this is the heart of god for you god says you uh, you shall not fail in the mighty name of jesus and and i'm i'm not saying you will not mess up i'm not saying you'll not make mistakes and not saying you'll be perfect but this is what i'm saying you shall not fail your faith shall not fail your marriage will not fail your business will not fail your ministry shall not fail why because jesus said i have prayed for you friend i have prayed how many of you know jesus is praying for you and me right now He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is praying for me. He is praying for you. 
you know there are times when i'm so so discouraged and i'm i'm saying who can i text right now who can i tell you know please pray for me and you know sometimes you know i'm in this place where i i'm so discouraged and i and i and i'm i'm like i can't put a message in the church group <laughs> cuz you know sometimes that that will require you know i'll get a lot of responses in a in a lot of negative way and i didn't want to create a negative at attention so i wouldn't want to put a message there and then i would i'd say should i tell my best friends but then you know they are busy they are caught up they won't understand me should i tell these people that people all of that and then then i realized wait 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 i have somebody who knows what i'm going through and is praying for me right now and that's jesus and jesus told peter i think the biggest sin that he committed i think that it is the biggest sin that was committed in the bible and and jesus told him i think this is this is bigger than the sin that judas committed you know judas did just a, a small trick of money he said i have seen jesus escape through crowd several times before i can make a good business deal out of this and jesus will also escape that's why he was in shock when jesus actually was being crucified he was like oh no did i did i do this to jesus so he was not intending to kill jesus you understand right but peter in his full knowledge he denied jesus he denied even knowing jesus he began swearing that's the worst kind of sin and if somebody who is as bad as peter could receive grace and he can become the greatest evangelist in the new testament church and i'm telling you you and i have so much more hope you and i have so much more hope if only we humble ourselves what is the difference between king solomon and king nebuchadnezzar king solomon sinned and remained in his sin king nebuchadnezzar sinned sin 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 so much and then humbled himself we are willing to humble ourselves like peter humbled himself i'm telling you jesus is even before we fall even before we fail jesus is saying you will not fail your faith shall not fail amen why because god is working in us giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him once again god is working in us giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him come look at your neighbor and say that to him or her god is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases come on find another neighbor find another neighbor and tell them god is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him come on hold their hands and lift it up and say god is working in us we hope you were refreshed and strengthened by the word of god if you want to know more about god or have a question you would like to ask or even a prayer request you would like to share do connect with us at dreamingrevival.com be our guest for one of our services here at bangalore revival center on saturdays at 7 pm or sundays at 11 am